The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for your gospel. Open our hearts and minds to be refreshed by your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. The king has taken back his throne. The king of England has ascended his throne, and his name is Charles. It's a good name. Time will tell if he's a good king. We should pray for kings and queens so that we may live a peaceable life, that all may have salvation, and that royalty in particular know the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is that there is but only one 
true king. And his name is... And his name is... And his name is... Louder. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus. All other kings, no matter their wealth or power, are less than shadows of the one great king, Jesus. His throne was a cross, and his crown was made of thorns. We pray that all earthly kings would look to the way of Jesus as a model for faithfulness. King Jesus had a particular way of explaining things and helping us to understand His rule. Kings, since forever, are to, were to be understood as divine sons appointed by God as their representative on earth. They exact tribute, allegiance, and unswerving devotion. Kings are like managers or stewards, tasked with the awesome responsibility of caring for the earth and its inhabitants on behalf of God Almighty. The king does not own anything, but at best manages the wealth that belongs to God, the commonwealth, as it were. God is the true owner of all wealth and life itself. But you know, some kings, they just use the title, the pomp, and the circumstance to indulge themselves, their desires, and they don't really care for the people. The prophet Amos addresses this problem. Thank you, Brian, for reading this morning. He warns against trampling the needy and ruining the poor of the land through shoddy business practices. False prophets used to tell the king that all they had to do was just perform some religious rituals and then they would win God's favor again. Not Amos. Amos said that if you want to practice a true religion, you must care for widows, orphans, and immigrants. Taking a cue from Amos, Jesus told a parabolic story of an unusual steward, an unusual king. Jesus said that once upon a time there was a steward or a manager who served a rich owner. The steward got busted for cooking the books. He would make special deals with people showing favor and not collecting what was owed to the owner. So the owner finds out about it and decides to fire the steward. But before he can officially fire the steward to send him packing, there's a twist. The steward quickly calls in the debtors and he begins to lessen or cancel their debts one by one. And one by one, he wins favor with all of the people in the land the people who were indebted to the rich and powerful owner. And so the people loved the unjust steward for his largesse, and the streets were filled with rejoicing so that when the owner finds out, he can't fire the manager anymore. To do so would cause an uprising. 
So even though he has clear cause to fire the manager, he keeps him because the people love the manager so. What's the point of this story? Why would Jesus lift this up as an example for us to emulate? The reason is that Jesus himself is the unjust steward, the dishonest manager. It's Jesus, the king of all creation, appointed by God. Think about it. God is the rich owner of all the multiverses. When Jesus was sent to earth to rule justly, he did not do a good job. He did not reward the righteous. He did not help good, upright, standing people. Instead, he hung out and made special deals with the most unsavory of people, tax collectors, prostitutes, Samaritans, and the general dregs of society. Jesus, the unjust steward king, infuriated anyone with a sense of propriety and deference. Even God, the rich owner of everything, forsake his own son, Jesus. And so Jesus was drummed up on bogus charges and executed with a mock coronation. But just as Jesus was being banished to hell and the dustbin of history, just as he was written off as a nobody, he pulled off the ultimate hustle. One by one, he called the indebted subjects to God to the foot of his cross, and one by one, he canceled their debts. He forgave the debts of everyone, no matter who they were, rich and powerful or poor and humble, man or woman, Jesus forgave their debts to God. And so God the Father, the owner of everything, decided not to disregard his son Jesus, but he breathed new life into him. And Jesus, resurrected from the dead, was restored to his role as the steward and king of all creation. The king has taken back his throne. And the God who once exacted punishment has been humbled by the sheer audacity of Joseph and Mary's boy, Jesus, the carpenter from Nazareth, a good king, an unusual king, a king of grace, a king who cares very little about expanding empire, but rather sabotages it and gives true freedom to the people. Are you the king of your castle? There's a popular song by Taylor Swift that says, we figured you out. We all know now we all got crowns. You need to calm down. 
you can go to Laguna Beach and buy your own crafted crown. Beautiful, exquisite. I've seen them on Instagram. Why not? It's romantic in Spanish for a husband to call his wife reina, queen. And Luther said that the Christian is perfectly free, subject to none, like a king, and also dutiful to all, subject to all. Indeed, the king has taken back his throne and given us a profound freedom and sovereignty that baffles the mind. The only question remains, what will you do with this freedom God has given you? Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, May This Church Be Like a Tree. Please stand as you're able. <laughs>